and welcome to a new episode of Just Saying Sports. It is Sean here. Um, no Jake today. We're going to be talking about the 2019 Michigan State season and what to expect as fans. We're about a week away from kickoff and just time to look back and look forward at what happened last season, what to expect this year, for at least for me personally. So we're just going to get right into it. 2018 was not good. Um, Michigan State did not handled the pressure of having a, a lot of returning starters and I know the injuries have a big deal to do with last season but at a certain point um, that's they're not the only problem that Michigan State had and we'll just get that out of the way that the injuries were a big big part of it but they weren't the only thing last year we finished seven and six um, rounding that out with a dreadful bowl, bowl loss to Oregon six to seven um, yeah that's just a part of much encapsulates the entire season so turning the new page forward looking forward to this season what did we lose uh justin lane third round pick to pittsburgh Kari willis fourth round pick to indianapolis felton davis andrew dow um, signed undrafted free agent deals with kansas city and dallas respectively lj scott was looked like he was going to i don't know what he's doing now um not really sure on lj scott if he's going to be an nfl player looks unlikely at this point Moving into this upcoming recruiting class, who's coming in? The big names people I think have heard of by now are Devontae Dobbs, O-lineman, Julian Barnett's a corner wide receiver, Spencer Brown, another offensive lineman, Trey Mosley, a wide receiver, uh, Luke Fulton at linebacker, and there's a few other names, but just to keep it short and sweet, those are three, uh, five guys who I think most Spartan fans should know coming into this season. Last year was disappointing seven and six overall four nine against the spread looking at the defense they mentioned i mentioned that they lose lane willis and dow but they're going to have three guys that are stepping in that have playing experience tyreek thompson goes to linebacker for dow xavier henderson mentored at safety with willis and josh butler played a lot for Josiah Scott when he was injured in the first half of last season. So all of these guys have played experience that they're going to be stepping into as starters. At tight end, there's Matt Sokol with the Chargers now. Um, Dotson steps in to be the full-time starter there. And at wide receiver, you know, we played a lot of the season without Felton Davis. We're going to miss him, but we've played without him before, so I'm not worried about that as much. Looking at the defenses as a whole, last year they were number one against the run. They were a very, very top five defense in the country. I think it's unfair to expect that level of domination from them every week, but I'm willing to do that this season because of how much and who returned. They, the front seven is, I think, pretty much all intact. Kenny Willekes, Raycon Williams, the Panashuk brothers, um, Naquan Jones on the inside as a backup, Bocci at linebacker. Thompson's going to be strong because he's played before and on the other side you know there's people at every level coming back and where I start to get worried is when I look at the secondary when you start looking at Josiah Scott David Dowell and Josh Butler I'm not worried Henderson I mentioned he has experience but he's the least um, experienced starter so of course he's going to be the guy that I worry about the most in that situation and looking at person long Shakur Brown and the third Dow brother might, or uh, yeah, third Dow brother, they're going to be playing for backup roles in that secondary, and they have all have playing experience on special teams. They've all worked very hard on the defensive side of the ball as well. But I need to see them step up. You know, Person Long and Brown especially were 
on the ball, on the field, I mean on defense, but they need to start making big plays. They need to start making an impact. Max, I'm uh, sorry, Joe Bocci is moved into Max Bola territory as being the smartest middle linebacker in MSU history, in the modern history, I'm sorry, since the D'Antonio era started. He's going to be amazing. He's going to probably be picked in round two through four of the NFL draft. He's very good. He's my favorite player on the team. I think when you combine uh, Antoine Simmons and Thompson with him on both sides, the front seven for MSU should be very good enough to at least hold up a defensive secondary that maybe has a few problems. As for the offense, looking at last year, it was not good. Um, not good at all. Brian Lewerke had a terrible season. Lombardi was not great in relief for him. They averaged 220 passing yards per game, a 51% completion percentage. It was not good. Uh, MSU's running game was the worst in D'Antonio's tenure with only 1,623 yards. That's 12th out of the 12 seasons he's been here. And my thoughts on the offense don't really get any better. Um, the production from tight end was not noticeable. It wasn't there. There was zero. Wide receivers, um, Cody White, Darnell, or Darrell Stewart, and uh, Naylor are probably going to be one of the better trios of MSU wide receivers this season if they can get the ball from Lewerke. Um, if they can't, that's not going to really be great. Looking at the offensive line, um, I have never hid my feelings that I don't think Tyler Higby should be starting for this team. Jordan Reed I have some patience with. Looking at other guys that could step in, I think the, the offensive line is going to be much better this season than it was last year. Right, looking at the running backs, I think this is the most important position for the offense. I don't know if Hayward or Jefferson are the full-time replacements for the running back position, but that's what we have. When you're looking at Anthony Williams, Elijah Collins, and Weston Bridges, they're also going to get playing time. Um, I know D'Antonio likes to have that one guy that can run 200-plus times, but I don't see that on this team, and I don't know if it's going to be in this recruiting class either. So I think the offense is going to be better, and if the offense is even average, when you combine that with the defense, they should be a very good team. And I think the offense can be average or above average, just barely above average. So that's going to take us into our game-by-game -game predictions for this season. Going through the schedule game-by-game, -game, we're going to start with Tulsa as the opener. Tulsa comes into this game, they're going to bring back six guys on offense, including their skilled position players mostly. Top two rushers, three of the top four receivers. I don't think it's going to mean a lot to them because Michigan State's going to come out with a dominant offense. They return eight guys on their defense. Um, they're going to be, you know, better than last year where they gave up 30 points a game and 230 rushing yards a game. But I don't think that's going to matter, um, mostly because MSU is going to be out to prove something week one with the new offensive scheme that they're supposedly working on. So Michigan State wins that one. Next up is Western. Western brings back 18 of 22 starters, which is a lot. They haven't won an East Lansing in 100 years. I don't think they're going to win this year either. Um, in 2017, they lost 28-14 in East Lansing. They kept it close, but they got two scores on defense and special teams, nothing from their offense. I think that's going to be similar to what happens this year. I think Michigan State's going to win probably not as by as much as people think they will, but they will roll with the win. 
That brings up Arizona State in week three coming into East Lansing after Michigan State laid a dud last year in at Arizona State. I think that our defense should be ready for Eno Benjamin. They were ready for him last year. He took off after last year's MSU game, but I think our run defense can't hold him in check. There's no Manny Wilkins. There's no Nikhil Harry. Um, they're going to go with a true freshman quarterback. Week three at Michigan State against one of the top defenses in the country. Um, I say good luck to Arizona State in that endeavor because it's going to be rough on the kid. I think Michigan State wins this game, again, closer than people think it's going to be. And if it's already going to be a tight line, it'll probably only be a one-possession game. Game four opens up Big Ten play in Chicago with Northwestern. Um, MSU hasn't beaten Northwestern since 2013. They've lost three in a row. Clayton Thorson is gone, but Northwestern brings in a transfer five-star and Hunter Johnson. It's going to be a rough game for Michigan State. Northwestern always is. But I'm going to go and pick Michigan State here. This defense, these guys that are seniors, they've lost to Northwestern three years in a row on the same offense that has given them fits for three years. I think they're going to be hungry to prove that they can beat Northwestern. Northwestern's a good team, and I think these guys are going to have to prove that they can stop them. I think Michigan State wins, and that's going to move Michigan State's record to 4-0, going to play Indiana. I think Michigan State beats Indiana because, one, I'm very confident in us against Indiana. They're going to run an offense that's mostly similar to Northwestern's kind of scheme-wise, short passes, getting the ball out quick. And coming off that Northwestern game the week before, we're going to have basically two full weeks to prep for Indiana. I think that they're going to have a little bit more success on the ground, Michigan State, that is, last year, because they had none against Indiana last year. And outside of that run by Jalen Naylor late in the game, I don't know if they would have even cracked 100 yards rushing. I might be wrong about that, but I think Michigan State beats Indiana. That sets up a game in Columbus with Ohio State. Um, presumably to me at this point, Justin Fields and Ryan Day, they're going to be in a groove. They're going to be back to being what they are as Ohio State. Last year, MSU just got two field goals on a defense that's going to re be returning 10 of 11. The defense is going to have to make a difference in this game like they did last year, but the offense turned the ball over inside their own 20 a few times. They gave OSU some easy scores, which could have been avoided. The big thing to me is Ohio State's returning only one offensive lineman from last year's team. Kenny Willekes and his company up front are going to probably get be very disruptive in this game. I think that they are going to make fields uncomfortable, and hopefully they can keep the game close because I have MSU losing this one to Ohio State. And that sets up a second very hard road game in two weeks with Wisconsin next. Um, Michigan State hasn't been to Wisconsin since 2012, and they haven't played Wisconsin since 2016. I think Wisconsin is in a vulnerable state, though. I think for us to be playing the best running back we've probably seen since Zeke in 15 and Jonathan Taylor, our defense is very well suited for that. I think we're going to make Wisconsin one-dimensional and take away that one dimension because they're going to have a freshman quarterback. And I think that is going to help Michigan State, and they'll score just enough to win. That leads us into the first bye week, and after that bye week, we have Penn State. I don't know why I do, but I have a lot of confidence playing Penn State because we've pulled some games out lately. Um, past two years, to be completely honest, were miracles in a certain sense. I think that at this point, the offense is going to be a lot better. Getting into this week, late in the middle of the season against Penn State, I think our offense is going to start to take off. 
and we're going to need to be very sharp in protection wise with Parsons and Gross Matos with Penn State coming off the edges. Penn State's going to take a lot of shots down the field with Shorter and Hamler. I think the defense will be ready. I think we'll win this game close. Next is another bye week, and then we go to play Illinois in Spartan Stadium. Illinois is bringing back a ton of starters and a lot. 18 of 22, I think. 18 of 20 of them, they're off. Defensive leaders are back. They're going to be very well prepared. I think I don't. It's Illinois, so I don't think they're going to put up a challenge for four quarters, but I think it'll be a rough game for maybe a half. MSU will take it. Moving into the Michigan week in Ann Arbor. This is the game I have flip-flopped in my mind a lot about. Um, there's just a lot of questions about Michigan defensively, but on the other side, there's a lot of questions about MSU offensively. Can Michigan State do it? Yes. They need to be more aware of Patterson's running ability this year. And until Michigan realizes they have three NFL wide receivers, I'm not going to try and remind them. Their offensive line is going to be shaky against our defensive front, which is going to be a plus. In the end, I'm going to say Michigan State loses this game. I don't know why. I just want to be surprised if we win and hopeful that we win. But I'm going to be honest and let you know what I think. And I'm preparing for us to lose, but who knows. By the time this comes out, I might already have flipped my mind and be talking a bunch of crap again already. Next game is Rutgers. Michigan State over Rutgers. Not even going to give it a lot of time. Michigan State's next game is against Maryland. Um, yeah. Ugh. At College Park last year, Michigan State dominated. This year in East Lansing, Michigan State should dominate. Kenny Willekes, after rewatching the Maryland game last year, was close to having maybe five sacks in that game. He was very close. I think Michigan State, first year under Mike Slockley at Maryland, I think they're going to beat Maryland. So that brings my final record for Michigan State to 10-2 and two on the season. Probably third place in the Big Ten East based off those losses. But I think 10-2 and two is a very good spot for Michigan State to be after last year and 2016's kind of debacle seasons. I am probably going to be wrong, but I am very hopeful for this season for MSU. If the offense can be just a little bit better, I mean, they, looking back on the stats from 2013, they were in the 70s ranked offensively, and they went to the Rose Bowl, and they won. Um, they got by with their offense and a great defense, which I think they can replicate this season. Looking at it, at the end of the season, I think there will be two Michigan State Spartans, possibly three, that are in contention for awards. I think Joe Bocci is going to be up for Big Ten Linebacker of the Year. Kenny Wilkes and Raekwon Williams will probably be both up for Big Ten Defensive Lineman of the Year. If Willekes takes it, it'll be two years in a row for him. That will do it for the MSU preview I'm doing today. Um, be sure to subscribe to our Twitter at Just Saying Sport. I am at DwyerSE3. Jake Adams' Twitter handle I can never remember, but it is on the Twitter page. Sorry, Jake. Um, yeah, so give us a listen. Tweet at me. Let me know what you think. If I'm wrong, uh, give me some reasons, and I'll have a conversation with you about it. So... Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy, and be sure to look out for other episodes of Just Saying Sports coming soon.